0: Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. You shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you. joining us for our time of the study of the word of God and we're handling uh, the book of um, Matthew and uh, I thank God for everybody that is following uh, through our study of the Bible. Remember like we say there is no limitation to the word of God and uh, to the revelation of the word of God. God will reveal his word to everybody who shows need. If you want God to reveal his word to you, indeed he will come and he will Reveal his word to you. Today, we want to continue with our study from chapter 5 of the book of Matthew. And uh, it starts by saying, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Remember what is going on at this time. Crowds are following Jesus from the point we last saw. Uh, in a very good episode that uh, we handled last, in the, at the end of chapter 4, uh, Jesus was healing the sick. He went out to the synagogues, and he's going out to the synagogues and preaching and healing the sick. We saw uh, the demoniacs were being set free. Those with various diseases were being set free. The epileptics, the paralytics, he healed them all. That obviously draws a crowd to him that obviously brings people because you know people always want to follow where they see the signs and the wonders and that's why you will have very many places that are if they are known for healings if they are known for signs and wonders if they are known for the good word yeah for a good teaching you will have people follow them you will have crowds follow them not to imply that it may all be genuine because we know that where there is genuine there can also be a fake healings are real healing of disease is real being set free is real it's reality it does exist but also through that you sometimes get people who bring in the false people who bring in uh, the fake and they lie to people so there are crowds that will always follow as far as there Miracles, signs, and wonders, as far as there's good teaching, like we see here with Jesus, that he has uh, his moving synagogues, teaching and preaching about the word, about the Lord, about the salvation, about the kingdom that is that is at hand, that has come about repentance. He gets a crowd to follow him, and the healings just top it up because it's not something that the Jews were known to see a lot, but now it happening in great mount in a great number. Uh, would pull crowds to him so when jesus sees the crowds that have come he went up on the mountain and of course this is to have a good view of them and that they also have a good view of him and after he had sat down his disciples came to him um this appears to be an intimate session that is going to go on with the teaching with his disciples yeah Now, let's get on the mountain. Let's sit there. They come to him. And uh, although we know from reading the Bible and Scripture that uh, they would stand when they're reading Scripture, yeah, in the synagogues, for example, most of the respected or highly respected, respected teachers in the Jewish culture or in the Jewish setting would usually sit down and expound on it because let's sit down, let's take time and study. Yeah, There's no need to rush. So this is what happens, and they would have their disciples seated at their feet. This is also something that we see in this portion that we have just uh, read. When you get to the word disciple, because we are told that his disciples came to him, hmm? that group that is known as disciples, now separate the crowd from these, because the crowd can involve many people. And the, among the crowd, you can have disciples, but you can also have very many other people. Some have just come to watch a movie. Some are just coming to probably place a bet. Some are coming to see, is what they told us right? Or is this guy fake? So when the crowds follow Jesus, you have all sorts of people who are within that crowd. You have those who are genuine about their cause and they're interested about knowing about the salvation, about the message being preached. They have high interest in it. But then you also have those who are just following. They've just come uh, to spend time or to see or to argue or to prove. Yeah. Now, among these, we are told that his disciples came and sat at his feet. The disciples are different. In Greek, the term for disciples is matatus, and this means student so practically his students among the crowd his students come and sit at his feet and like all other rabbis like all other teachers and all other religious figures of that time jesus also taught a group of such students when we read the bible and check through scripture that he taught a group of disciples he taught a group of students and uh they 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 would also address him in a similar nature, yeah, as their rabbi, they would address him as their teacher, as their master, and all that is in line of this is the one who is teaching us. yeah, so when we come out and say that we are disciples of Jesus, we are practically saying we are students of Jesus, and you need to remember that if you're a student and the teacher is teaching, You'll have to do what the teacher says. That's why we have to obey. That's why we have to walk with him. We walk according to his precepts. We walk according to what he tells us to do and how he tells us to act because we are his disciples. We are his disciples. We are his students. We are walking and moving by his instruction as our teachers. So we see the disciples here that are seated under him, seated at his feet, receiving instruction from Jesus. They would receive instruction from him, but there would be also other things that that they would do. Yeah. They would take care of his physical needs. We read that as we shall continue reading. They would eat with him. They would uh, perform healings with him, just demons with him. We shall look at all this when we get there. And uh, they would baptize. Yeah. They traveled with him. And, at one occasion we also saw uh, Jesus visiting the house of Peter and healing Peter's mother-in-law and this also will suggest to us that they had private lives yeah because he had a mother-in-law implying he was married when he followed Jesus he did not throw away his family when Peter followed Jesus and was a disciple he did not uh, put aside anything that concerns his family we have that habit where we ignore our own families because we are entering ministry where we ignore those that we should be giving uh, consideration to our family because we have seen the light. And this is clear to us here that Peter does not forget because he even tells us, come home. We have somebody sick. My mother-in-law is not well. And this will show us that though these guys were part of Jesus's ministry, though they were part of this ministry Uh, that was going on and changing nations, they also had their own homes, they had their own families, and even probably their own occupations because some could also have maintained uh, their occupations. And that did not take away the fact that they are disciples of Jesus. That does not take away the fact that you are a disciple of Christ when you have interest in, in your family. It does not take away the fact that you're a disciple of Christ when you also consider your children. yeah, You do not forget your children because you have gotten saved. You do not forget your children because you are a minister. You do not forget your spouse because you are a minister, because God has called you to serve. No, you remember them. And this Peter gives us a good example as a disciple of Christ that he still also uh, followed him. So now they are seated at his feet, and he continues. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, because, like we say, these are his students, and he's teaching them. He's giving them uh, the uh, precepts. He's giving them the things that they ought to learn, the things that they ought to understand, as by the kingdom of heaven. And here we start to see a study that we normally call the Beatitudes. Yeah the one that has all the happies, happy are those, happy at that. And he is speaking to them and saying, blessed, some versions will say happy, yeah, but here he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Here the spirit, of course, that uh, is being given to us is with a small s. So, We do not uh, consider that they're talking about the Holy Spirit, that you are poor in the Holy Spirit. No, that's not what they're talking about here. But he says that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Now, many of the Jews believed that uh, this kingdom that is being talked about will be brought in by a great war mm, and arms and a fight. Because remember, the time that they are living in, is a time where there are other powers that have taken over. Yeah, They've had the Persians take over. They've seen the Babylonians take over. They've seen the Greeks come in. They've seen the Romans coming, And they are nowhere to be seen. At this point, as far as politics is concerned, Israel was nowhere to be seen. That's the truth. Israel was out of the picture. Because they were all under these foreign powers now. Who had dominion? Who had risen? and grown empires. Now, for them, when you're talking about a kingdom that is to come, since they last had their glory in the times of David and Solomon, they are now thinking about a kingdom that is coming with war. They are now expecting that if you're going to bring good news, if you're going to bring victory to them, you're going to come with weapons and you're going to fight. That's the kingdom they expect that is going to be ushered in with war. And Jesus now is speaking and is promising this kingdom to those who are poor in spirit. He's talking about the humble. He's talking about those who are meek. He's talking about the peacemakers. These are the ones that he's telling, the people that these will be the ones to inherit the kingdom that is to come. It's not those who are going to fight with weapons. No. Known uh with association with Judaism and the Jews at that time, poverty uh that was something, of course, that was part of them. And uh, the term poor here could either imply that they're talking about the physical poverty or they're talking about the faithful dependence on God that is produced in spirit, depending on God and knowing that all that you have, you depend on God. Yeah, that these are the ones that shall inherit the kingdom of God. There's no pride in there. Yeah. Yeah. They fully depend on God. They faithfully depend on God. Those are the ones that he's talking about here, that they shall inherit the kingdom. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Those who are of such nature. And he goes on and says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Of course, when now you're talking mourning in this particular case You might associate it with repentance, yeah, that uh, because of uh, uh, what life you've been living and the repentance. And we saw this lots of times in the, as we we read through the Old Testament, that uh, these guys, in times of sin, all that judgment is coming, and they were told to repent, they would mourn, yeah, they would be mourning. They uh, cut their hair, they put on sackcloth, and they are mourning. And asking for repentance. So, in this case, that blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. You could have that, that is a picture being talk- talked about of repentance, but also, which is quite more realistic here, would be the bereavement. Yeah. And uh, when you're talking about comfort here, it would apply for the one. Uh, who is in this bereavement, that this scripture applies to that type of people, not the other ones of repentance, because it's those that you comfort, yeah, those that are in such a state. But also, uh, it could mean that there is grief over Israel's sin and the, there is pain for those who have been oppressed because of the sin that Israel has done. Remember, the poor also suffered a lot uh, at the hands of the rich and these also need comfort. yeah. And when they're talking, you'll be comforted. That's a blessing that will come for those. For those who mourn, you'll be comforted. yeah. For those who are going through a terrible time and you're in mourning, you'll be comforted. And this should come out to us also to know that God is the one who comforts those who are in such a moment of mourning. And you might be there and you've probably lost somebody. Somebody close. Uh, a family member a friend, a parent, a child, whatever it is, God will comfort you. And we pray for comfort for people who have lost. And even it may not be people, but you might have lost your business and you're grieving. And you might, you're you in mourning, if I may call it that. I pray that God may comfort you and give you uh, a new beginning. You've lost something so valuable, property, I pray that God may comfort you because it's God who comforts those who are in such a state. And this he promises that those who mourn shall be comforted. Those who are going through a terrible time shall be comforted. Those who are going through disappointment and your life does not seem like it's heading in the right direction. God does promise that he will comfort you. And he says in verse 5, Blessed are the gentle for they shall inherit the earth. He's talking about uh, those who are gentle. Jesus is citing scripture here from Psalms thirty-seven verse nine. Yeah, not those who try to bring uh, the kingdom politically or by military form are the ones who will inherit the earth because they're expecting that come fight and inherit. Come fight, kill those that you kill, then you take a portion on the earth. No, those are not the one The ones Jesus is talking about here. Jesus here is talking about the gentle that you will inherit. There is that gentle spirit that we ought to carry with us. And with that, God shall give us the rewards that we are seeking for. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. When you hunger and you thirst for righteousness, for uprightness, there should be a deliberate desire for us. There should be a deliberate desire hunger for the things of God. There should be something deliberate about me that I choose to say I will follow God. I'll follow Christ. I'll live a righteous life. I'll live an upright life. And that desire, if there is desire of such nature, you shall be satisfied. If you don't desire for it, you will never have it. And yes, I know, in the life we live now, sometimes we say this temptation is too much. There is too much that is pulling us in all directions in the world we live in, in the workplaces, in in the places we stay, wherever it is, that the pressure is too much that you can't live a righteous life. But if you desire to live that righteous life, you will live. If you desire to live a life that is free of sexual immorality, you can achieve it. The issue is the desire that you hunger for it, that you thirst for the morality. If you thirst for the morality... You will live a moral life because that satisfaction will only come if there is hunger for it. That satisfaction will only come if there is hunger for it. If you desire to live that parting lifestyle, the clubbing lifestyle, if there is hunger for you to live it, then it will be satisfied that you live it. If you want to live that lying lifestyle that you're always lying to people and speaking false about others, if you have the desire to leave it behind, then you shall be satisfied. That's why they said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We need to get to the level that we are hungry for the things of God, that we are hungry for an upright life, that we are hungry to do that which honors God, which pleases God. And the moment you're hungry for it, this is a beauty. God does bring it to pass. There is satisfaction that will come to you and you will indeed live by that which you are hungry for. So there's nothing that's impossible. Your life can change. There's nothing that's impossible. The falsehood can change. The things that were not giving glory and honor to God can change. You just need to desire to have that change and indeed you will have such satisfaction. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. Now they talk of the merciful, yeah? Like the peacemakers, the merciful are not those who are seeking to bring uh, force, yeah? To have this kingdom come by force like the Jews were expecting, yeah? Uh, And they are also told that if they have that mercy, if they are merciful, they shall receive mercy. And this is clear to us that those who are merciful indeed receive mercy. Sometimes we need to check our mercy scale. Are you merciful to others? Before we start complaining that they are not merciful to us, are we merciful to people? Yeah, because you always reap that which you sow. If you sow, if you you you, you sow mercy, then you reap mercy. Yeah, it's clear here. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, that is the toughest of them. Being pure in heart. That when they open you up and check your heart, it's clean and pure. You don't have sin there. You don't have hypocrisy there. You don't have the lies there. You do not have that hatred for others there. You don't have grudges in there. You're pure in heart. Those are the ones that have the promise to see God. And by the way, when they're talking about seeing God, they really imply seeing God. Those whose hearts are clean, those whose hearts are not defiled, those who recognize and know that God alone is their help and he is their reward. Those are the righteous they're talking about who would see God on that day of judgment, on that day to come. Those are the ones that they say here shall see God. Now. Are we pure in heart? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. They are talking about that day that you will see him face to face, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Revelation chapter 22, verse uh, 4. Seeing God, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And as, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. So there is that physical seeing that we are expecting. Seeing God himself. But there is a condition there given to us that those who will see him shall be the ones that are pure in heart. I need to make an effort to cleanse my heart of uncleanness. You need to make an effort as well to cleanse your heart of uncleanness because without that we shall not see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the sons of God. Now we are being told about the peacemakers. Both the Jewish people and the righteous were called sons of God in their tradition as the Jews. And uh the, this declaration of uh, this fact will be made also on the day of judgment. And it is clear that being told to make peace, of course, in that time, that the teachers who came uh, and dominated this Pharisee uh, group, and after the war, that is uh, AD 66 to about AD 70, uh, they were the ones there who came and they were emphasizing peace. We saw that about the nature of the Pharisees that they wanted to emphasize peace. Because for them they were doing all their best to live in peace with those who were their leaders. That is the Romans at that time. And they would speak peace a lot. yeah. And those who came out as leaders, Jewish leaders and were in revolt or leading revolts would be killed and said they were illegitimate leaders after their revolts had fallen. So when Jesus comes here, also, he is talking about peace. He's saying, guys, let's have peace. You're not going to defeat the Romans. Have peace. yeah. Have peace. You'll be called a son of God. When you lack peace in your life, there is something that you take away from yourself. There is a labor you will take away from yourself. If you're the one that causes trouble all the time, sons of God don't cause trouble. They are peaceful. yeah. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now they're talking about persecution for the sake of being clean. When it happens and you're being persecuted because you are doing that which is right, because you are serving the God that you're serving and you have to go through persecution, it does happen. And he's telling these people who are seated under his feet right here, the disciples, that blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. And here, we saw later on many of these people that he's telling right now being persecuted for example james the son of zebedee uh, we when we read through history we know that herod agrippa the first killed james by running a sword through him yeah this occurred in AD 44 when you read acts chapter 12 and this account is credible given the persecution James here is seated listening to Jesus talking about persecution that is to come, and he is the one being talked about. That, hey, James, Herod Agrippa the first shall pierce a sword through you, persecuting you for righteousness, for standing for Christ. James, the brother of Jesus himself, the Jewish uh, Sanhedrin, stoned him uh, about AD 62 when we read through history. yeah, And this is mentioned also by Josephus, that great historian, That uh, we keep on referring to here. And he wrote and said, He assembled the Sanhedrin of judges and brought before them the brother of Jesus who was called Christ, whose name was James and some others. And when he had formed an accusation against them as the breakers of the law, he delivered them to be stoned. So James also here, who is seated listening to Jesus speak, is, oh one, a disciple who is listening right now, you are probably hearing about the things and many others who are seated there with him are probably hearing the things that will happen to them we are told that the persecution that shall come, you shall suffer. Peter as well, yeah, we are told that uh, he was crucified upside down by Emperor Nero, yeah, and another writer here, Gonzalez, spoke of all these traditions, the most trustworthy is the one that affirms that Peter was in Rome and that he suffered martyrdom in that city during The Neronian persecution. On these points, several writers of the first and second centuries agree. And uh, we are told that Peter was uh, crucified upside down. Still, persecution because of righteousness. Because he followed Christ. Paul himself, we also learn, yeah, he was uh, a Roman citizen. He was not crucified, but he was beheaded. And this is also written in history, we know. Persecution. John of Zebedee also, he was boiled in oil. That's how he was killed. They put him in a pot of boiling oil and they boiled him alive. So when they're listening to Jesus talking here, he's telling them exactly of that which is going to come to them, that which is going to happen to them. And he says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So he's warning them, saying they are going to say things that are false against you. They are going to say things that are not right. Yeah, They are going to speak all words that are not right about you. And this will so happen with the disciples of Christ. Yeah, They were tortured. They were not... It was so extreme for them. yeah. They were excluded from public buildings. You don't enter here because you're a disciple of Christ. They were excluded from the markets. You don't enter here because you're a disciple of Christ, because you believe in him. yeah. They were forbidden to do anything that was concerning public life because they were dis- disciples of Christ. And we've seen that uh, for everything they went through, Jesus had warned them and he had told them, They were struck, they were dragged out, they were plundered. they were stoned, they were thrown in prison. All this was done to them. They were accused of cannibalism because they were followers of Christ. They were accused of incest because they were followers of Christ. And this Jesus had already warned them because he told them that, blessed are you when people insult you, when they will falsely say all kinds of evil against you, saying you are cannibalists, you eat people that you practice insist and all, that he had warned them. But it's because they were servants of Christ. But then he says, you will be blessed and you will inherit eternal life. And that word goes out to you as well. There may be some level of persecution you're going through. It can be where you stay. It can be in your workplace because you are a servant of Christ. But stay strong because the reward is great for you. They might be saying wrong things, that you've not done, this has been promised to you as a disciple of Christ. And at the right time, you will inherit that blessing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your revelation. And we pray that you help us to do that which you tell us to do in your word so that we always remain faithful and worthy of your calling. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, bibleindepth.com.